This is Disney Plus plus Ben plus Friends. I'm the Ben in the title, and I have some friends with me today. I'm so excited. I've got two incredible guests. I have a local musician and just all-around wonderful human being, Courtney Ann Hall. Hi. And I have stand-up comic, Lynn Navratil. Hello, everybody. (laughs) There we go. Hello, everybody. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, we are not recording in the same space because of the quarantine. We are uh, we are remote, but I, I think that our, our energy is, is still very connected. I, I don't feel socially distanced from you guys. I think uh, that this is going to be good. So today we are talking about an absolute classic, part of the Disney renaissance, Aladdin. We are talking about 1992's Aladdin, and I'm so stoked to get into that. But first, I want to make sure that the audience gets to know my wonderful friends as well as I do. So here's a couple of icebreaker questions real quick for both of you guys. Uh, the first question is, what is your Disney Plus profile icon? Courtney. Um, mine right now, well, it's not mine. It's my sister's, which is the hard thing. But it's it's got to be on Well, I know. I, I'm so sorry that I use my sister's account. But um, <laughs> if I was to choose one, it would be Anna for sure, for sure. Because that's yeah, my sister and I call yeah. each other Elsa and Anna. Because <laughs> you know, oh, sisters. That's so sweet. Did, did she <laughs> like? Did my... she kill you too? Um, every day, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my daughters, I think, are definitely going to be uh, very into Anna and Elsa. Uh, Iris already kind of is trying to push that. Ruby's nine months old, so she doesn't totally role play yet. But I, I think it's going to happen. I I relate to Anna so much. Uh, in Frozen Two, she has that song, "The Next Right Thing." Mm-hmm. And uh, that that one hit me in the feels. I was like, <laughs> I, I watched that movie the other yeah. day, and it just destroyed me. Because like my uh, so after like lay the layoffs, my boyfriend was trying to cheer me up, and he put that movie on, which was like a valiant effort on his part. But I was just like a wreck, crying the entire yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> not bad, bad pig. <laughs> it's that is not a cheering thing. Uh, Lynn, who's your Disney Plus profile icon? I'm not gonna lie. When you sent the email saying like find out what a Disney Plus icon is, I was like, what the fuck is that? And then I finally found <laughs> out, and I was like, oh god, there are options. And I, I was like thinking about it. And I just I didn't know what to pick, so I went with Spider Man and oh, like the uh, yeah, uh, and like the iron and like the iron spider suit, which is probably my that's probably my favorite spider-man suit out of like all of them this this is funny because this is the second time this one's come up um a, another guest said that he would have picked that one but he was sharing his account with his cousin and his cousin had already called dibs on that one so. I, yeah <laughs> that's so that's funny it's nice to know that uh every <laughs> that every like basic white guy just identifies with spider-man it's super nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's what Spider-Verse was about, right? Like, it's like, there's anybody can relate to a, a Spider-Man eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Courtney, who is on your Mount Mousemore? Who are the presidents on your Mount Mousemore? It is literally so hard to pick four. I don't know why it's so hard, but um, one of them is um, the Mandalorian, because he, he counts Oh, down. Mando, that's Dude, awesome. I can't even, like, tell you how, I mean, I love Baby Yoda, 
so much. But I just I love Mandalorian so much. He's so cool. And I think yeah. he's a sweet, a sweet angel person. I would go out for coffee with him and let him buy me dinner. Can <laughs> he can keep the helmet on? Watch him try to drink it under his mask somehow. Uh, okay, so you got Mando. Dude, even better, okay. he would just dump it on his head. <laughs> you got three others. Um, okay, so two of them, or oh, three of I guess three. I thought there were two for some reason, but the, the fates <laughs> from do you know who I'm talking about from um, Hercules? Oh, Wait, okay. The, yeah. like, the singers? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Those are the muses. Oh, my gosh. Get your facts straight. <sighs> the muses are the singers. What, are you talking about Are you talking the, about pain and panic? No, no, no. The, I'm talking the, about the no, famous oh, ones the with, people that, that share like, the eyeball. The yeah. Oh. oh, there's three of them. There's three yeah, of them. There's that, three works. Of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that works okay, out perfectly. So, so it's, it's Mando in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and that he's the weirdest mouth yeah. Ah! <laughs> Why, Yoda, like in his pouch. All right, all right. I like. That. I learned a lot about you, Courtney. Uh, Lynn, who is on your Mount Mouse for? Okay, to give you an idea of how indecisive I am, I've been changing this for like when we were when we were originally supposed to do this. I had it picked out, and then I changed it like ten minutes before, like I thought <laughs> we were going to do it, and then I changed it ten minutes again before, like. We were supposed when we started doing this, uh, but for this one, I gotta go with Mulan as my number one. Yeah, that, mm. that one's probably my favorite Disney movie aside, like top top number one, probably my favorite. Excellent uh, choice. And then I have to I have to put Genie on there. That's my favorite like sidekick character. Yeah, oh, we'll be talking about Genie a lot today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then I had to get I had to get Pixar involved somehow. I had to pick Woody. Because I think without Woody, there is no Pixar. True. This is the third time. We've had three episodes. And this is the third time that opinion has been brought up. I think it's like a commandment. I think it's a gospel truth that if there's no Woody, there's no Pixar. So I, I am with you. Yeah. I think because in my opinion, like Woody's more important than Buzz because they, I feel like Disney tried really hard to make Buzz like as cool as possible and give him his own TV show, like a little anime yeah. cartoon. And that worked for a little yeah. while, but like, still it's, it's Woody. Woody's the number it's one. It's always well, going to be Woody. So like massive, massive spoilers for Toy Story 4. If you guys haven't seen it, so like earplugs, but like Toy Story 4 is about Woody. Like yeah. Woody is the main character of like, all the others are about like kind of Woody and Buzz or like all the toys. Toy Story 4 is entirely about Woody and the ending is entirely about Woody. So I'm with you. I think by the end, that's definitely Woody's saga, if you will. So, okay, so we've got we've got Woody, Genie, Mulan. Who's your fourth? I debated with this back and forth. I I I'm gonna go with Kylo Ren. Iron Man is a very <laughs> is like, oh. and I I thought about this for a little bit, but I think Kylo Ren is the epitome of I think a Kylo Ren is the epitome of a Disney Star Wars supervillain. Oh, yeah, he's he so is. great. He's so great. He's I love so him so good. much. Ben Solo rules. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank Iron Man you. was a Iron Man was a close five four A, but I, sure. I I'm gonna have to go with Kylo. I, it, 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 Iron it, Man it, can uh I, Iron Man can have his own memorial in DC. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh Jason. All right, so that's that's wonderful. I feel like we know you guys a little bit better now. I want to talk about your history with Aladdin. Of course, today we are talking about the 1992 animated classic, not the remake. I'm sure some of the remake will get up, you know, and find its way into our talk. We are talking about Aladdin, 
What's your guys' experience with it? Did you see it in theater? Did you love it right away? Tell me about it. I, first. <laughs> I was not. So I did not know when Aladdin actually came out. Uh, I had I had to look it up. And if, and since it came out in 1992, uh, I was not a thought in 1992. <laughs> okay. I was thinking that you're younger than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, but to me, Aladdin is probably in my top five for just favorite Disney movies. And also probably my earliest experience of like comedy. Because uh, with Robin Williams yeah. being the yeah. voice of Genie, that was probably my first like real experience of like listening to a comedian like be insane essentially and just off wow. the wall. I like have like the well, same experience it. too because like that was like the first like especially with Robin Williams like that was like the first person that I you know what I mean the first place I ever put him in I did not know mm -hmm. like every time I would see him anything else I'd be like oh that's the genie and he's the best person ever in the whole world there exactly because when you're younger you don't necessarily process voice acting right yeah but mm -hmm. that's that was like a very formative example of, of voice acting for me I I think I was if I time it right I bet I was five years old when this movie came out I did see it at the theater uh with my brother and I remember us coming home and playing Aladdin endlessly. And I think that a big thing that worked for me, and I bet this is why it's such a cultural phenomenon, is that compared to a lot of the other Disney Renaissance movies, Aladdin is a story that is equally about the boy and the girl. Mm -hmm. Little Mermaid is yeah. so much more about the princess. Mulan so much more about her. A lot of them are about one or the other. Tarzan, Hercules, obviously way more about the boy. This one, yes, Aladdin is the titular character, but uh, Jasmine rules and has stakes and is a, a yeah. strong woman. And yeah. I think that part of why this movie stands out for me as one of the absolute best Disney movies, and I'll go ahead and say one of the best animated movies of all time, is that they are truly dual protagonists. And, and we'll dig into that. But I remember even at a young age, I so like I'm very attracted to powerful women. I I, I have almost always dated women I'm who are clapping on this side because I agree with you 100. So hot. I have a I have a gross electric complex. My 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 mom is this <laughs> awesome psychologist. She was a valedictorian of her college class, and I you know like I married the like the smartest woman I've ever met, who is this amazing teacher and mom and warrior. And so I was so attracted to Jasmine as like a, uh, as a five-year-old boy. I think it probably was like one of the first times. And we'll get into this. Maybe this is a little bit out of place. Maybe we should kind of move on to our favorite parts shortly. No, but Jasmine I is love my favorite part. <laughs> when Aladdin, when he describes to Jeannie why he loves her, he says she's smart and she's fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that says so much about Aladdin. It says so much about Jasmine. And it says so much about this movie that he values her her as a person her i essence. think it says and, so much about yeah. disney too is because like if you totally look agree. at the way that like he treats her in that and then like not to go back but like the same thing with like the newest um frozen movie in the way yeah. that he treats Anna, and the same like thing is like disney has this thing i've i feel like i've seen it more than just those two times of where they want women oh. to be like respected and yeah all that and stuff and there's more than looks they're trying to constantly reevaluate and retool and almost self-reference their own movies they know that snow white and sleeping beauty are a little bit sexist and don't hold up you know and yeah. so yeah. they're saying 
how can we push this forward? So I want to talk really quick about the Disney Renaissance because this is the first time we've done a Disney Renaissance film on this. So Disney Renaissance is the period from uh, from 1989 where we get The Little Mermaid. And uh, most people say that it goes up until about 1999 when we have um, Tarzan. And that that's kind of mm. like the end of... So you have this run of The Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan across mm-hmm. 10 years. That's absolutely unparalleled. I mean, that's it's stunning. I had every so many Of course you did. The puffy white ones? Of course you yep. did. Oh, of still course, do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so then they kind of take a dip. You know, they have some like internal creative changes and stuff. But talk about a decade of just the, some of the best animated films, some, some of the best films ever made. I, I, it's, it's really incredible. And it's cool that millennials grew up in it. It started when I was one year old, you know, like, uh, that's pretty rad. So I just want to talk about the success of Aladdin. It was such a huge hit. Highest grossing film of 1992 of, of all, not animated, everything earned over 504 million worldwide in the box office. Uh, products release, it was the highest grossing animated film ever, especially since it reached half a billion dollars. But that was not long lived as it was surpassed by The Lion King just shortly after. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has a 95% critic score, 92% audience score for Aladdin, which is great. Kind of confusing to me that I, this has happened on a couple of these movies. I would have thought the audiences loved it even more than the critics. Wait, but say that score one more time. 95% audience, 92%, cr- uh, I'm sorry, I said it backwards. 95% critics, 92% audience. So, Critics like mm-hmm. it even more. Peter Travers from Rolling Stone is one of my favorite film critics because I think he gets what he he rates a movie based on what it's trying to be. Gave it three point five out of four stars. Said the comedy made the film accessible to both children and adults. He specifically said for many film goers, the only rating worse than NC seventeen is G, as in Gagby. The animated Beauty and the Beast undid some of this sugary curse, but Aladdin, Disney's worthy follow up to Beauty, is so funny and scrappy. You don't need to drag a kid along. Even a work in progress print shows a wicked new playfulness. Think The Simpsons, not Snow White, which I think is so spot on. I mean, I was watching this with my four-year-old daughter, and it's so funny because we laugh at some of the exact same moments. We laugh at some totally different moments. Obviously, she doesn't laugh as much at Robin Williams' uh, Robert De Niro impression as I do. You know, <laughs> it really it's very it's very Rocky and Bullwinkle in the sense that it's really functioning on two psychological levels it won two oscars for best original song a whole new world and best original score but it was also nominated for best sound editing and it was nominated for best original song again for friend like me and then this is jumping ahead to trivia a little bit but I'll, i'll tease there was another category it was almost nominated for so all right let's jump into it let's talk about the best parts of aladdin I absolutely love this movie, and I'm so stoked to hear what you guys think. Tell me, Courtney, what are what's the first part you really want to talk about? What's what's one of your favorite scenes, characters, something you love? Well, not to be cliche, but it's definitely going to be the uh, haven't what is haven't had a friend like me. Oh God, friend like me, friend like me, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I think that like I just like love how like big and awesome it is. But my favorite part of this, hands down, and this is like super minor, and I know it. But I will. I remember like reacting to this as a kid, and then when I watched it again, um, the next one million times, and going into being an adult, 
um, when he like stops and he has that little applause sign over his head. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That is just like that is timeless. That is so funny. And like I And then it's I don't just know. the carpet clapping. No one else claps. Yeah. No, no, it, it's like it's like Marx Brothers. A hundred years from now, that would be funny. Like like no matter what happens to humor and what humor evolves into, that will always be funny. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. That that number is amazing. The the arrangement, the score is incredible. All those muted trumpets and trombones. And I, I Robin Williams' performance is absolutely unreal. All of these accents and characters that, you know, he becomes the Mater D with the French accent. Mm-hmm. And he has so many iconic pronunciations. Yeah. That I, I find myself, I, I'm unable to sing this song like in the car or whatever without doing impressions of like, you're the boss, right. the king. Right. Ah! Did they write that part? Did they write that part yes. for him specifically? Then? Yes. Because so it feeds into every single talent that he has. It's incredible. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Have you That's seen, like, I was going to say, there is a video. It's one of my favorite YouTube videos I ever discovered love like the outtakes that they had from aladdin and it's like for just from the genie's part like and we'll get into more of it later but like there's just like impersonations that he's doing and like the producers are talking about and they're like yeah we weren't really sure if some of the younger kids were gonna get the (laughs) the nixon references that he was throwing out the door Right. They're, they're on so many levels. I think that it's impossible to talk about Friend Like Me without just, let's just move on to the elephant in the room, which is Robin Williams, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. like, this is a top 10 all-time Disney character, maybe top five. I think you can make an argument this is the best performance in a Disney movie oh, yeah. ever. So I, people, it's unreal. Who do people talk about? Who do people think of when they think Aladdin? It's not, like, immediately, it's not usually Aladdin. Or Jasmine, or it's Jafar, not, or anybody—it's yeah, always going to go straight to him. He's incredible. One of my favorite things is when they first reveal him. The lamp has all of these fireworks, and they do mm-hmm. everything they can with the animation to make it this big, exciting reveal. And as soon as Robin Williams screams, he has more energy than the cartoon just had. Like, like, like it's this amazing thing where the the animation is trying to set you up for this idea of. Look at how exciting this is. You should be so excited. And then somehow he manages to one-up mm-hmm. animation. Yeah, it's, it's like magic. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And I, I don't want to talk about the remake too much, but Will Smith doesn't even come close oh, no. to, to recapturing the energy. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's fascinating. That, uh, that It's a bizarre acting choice. Another really just, I think, incredible uh, casting choice is Gilbert Gottfried as Iago. Yes, I'm yes. so happy oh we're getting God. into this. I, you know, it, I'd forgotten you know, that he was I even in this. As, too. Like, I, didn't, like, no, I didn't know right. him as anything other than, than that freaking parrot. Like, he's so... <laughs> he has such an amazing, insane voice. He is such a raunchy stand-up comic. He is pervy. <laughs> I cannot believe he was, Disney. He was I saw so, a documentary like, with him, and he was, he was nervous that Disney was going to come see one of his stand-up sets and tell him he couldn't do the role because he like, that's, that's how raunchy he is. And it, it, it holds up. He was so raunchy that he got fired from Aflac. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, it's, it's wild. Uh, I also love if we're just talking choices. I love the decision to have the Sultan be an idiot instead Ugh. of a 
controlling patriarch. Like okay, I love we're gonna get Anna. we're gonna get to this later, but the Sultan is my favorite character of He's hilarious. Almost He's, any so he like I love the idea that I think we've had like King Triton, who is actually kind of a, you know, okay, it's hard to say because he's a dad and he's protective and we probably see him at his most base, but like debatably a little bit misogynist, right? And like, like, yeah, definitely hard on his daughter, treating his daughter differently than he would if she was a boy, for sure. And I think it's fun to kind of deconstruct that as he's clueless. He's not a bad guy. He's a dullard. And he's a single dad. I, oh, wait, wait. Are you talking about Trident still? Dad. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I guess they're all single too. dads. <laughs> that's no, no. I, I, yeah, they're all single dads. That's a whole nother, that's a whole <laughs> podcast episode. But no, I, I just love the Sultan. He, he's funny. And I, I, like I said, I like the disarming choice to have the patriarch character be clueless. And that's the reason, as opposed to, actually trying to stand up and represent the patriarchy directly you know what i mean like it kind of lampoons the patriarchy in a way that also allows the sultan to be a likable character i guess is my I point love him so much yeah he's just, because he's he like danger. in the end he's still he's still like not necessarily trying to sell his daughter off he's just trying to make sure I, do they ever like i get that like later on jafar uses it as a like way of like getting her to like marry him quote unquote but did they ever like say what was going to happen if she doesn't marry someone even if she didn't marry jafar right like what's the fallout okay. she we can get this this is uh, we can talk about this in the in the nitpicky questions category let's let's hold on to this because i think we can go deep on this uh, <laughs> okay i, I just want to say that in, to me if we're talking about our favorite parts every single song in this movie is one of my favorite parts i mean alan Menken absolutely killed it the score is incredible the the sound the songs themselves one jump absolutely amazing what an incredible introduction of Aladdin it's perfect mm -hmm. the colors are great the action's great it sets the landscape his humor is wonderful but there are these like sharp scary swords I think they're, they're are they called scimitars I think maybe I I, I probably yeah. totally wrong no, they, uh, yeah there we go and like like it's like it's this crazy cool fun juxtaposition of like this cocky gorgeous fun <laughs> dude who's like street rat yeah baby and uh, i i love it i there's like my, one of my favorite parts of the entire movie is the lady in the doorway who's like still i wrote that down as like so that was the first thing i wrote down like for so anything good. any note so good it's perfect it's timeless I, what i love is he's a little flattered but he's also like, I gotta go. <laughs> uh, you know, I love, oh, I love the moment, moment where Abu ends up with a sword and the guards are like, he shot yeah, a sword. And I also love the foreshadowing of he gets, uh, all I gotta do is jump. He escapes on a flying carpet. It's not a flying carpet. It's actually, you know, falling with style to quote mm -hmm. Toy Story. But yeah. he, that, that's a really great foreshadowing. I just love one jump. It's, it's a perfect introduction to Abu and Aladdin and, and just the stakes of the movie. And then right after it, Aladdin and Jasmine have their meet cute, which is like, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm trying not to be pervy here, but like it's hot. Their chemistry is hot. Like I want them 
to be together and make beautiful babies. Like, am I am I off? Am I am I way off? No, you're not. No, I they're... feel like this movie sexually charged almost every child who watched it. I don't know. <laughs> totally. So okay, okay. This is like a weird. Then this is where this podcast is weird because like we're talking about G-rated movies, but this is a podcast for grown-ups. Can we admit? I think a lot of the princes in these movies are are virgins. Aladdin's not a virgin. Like, no, like, like Aladdin's <laughs> not a virgin. You know what I mean? Like, like, he knows exactly what he's it, doing. Guys, Aladdin fucks. Let's be honest. I think it's a fascinating part of his personality. Like, I think it's truly part of his character that he has lived. You know, I, I'm not trying to, like, focus on that and be all horny and weird. I'm just saying that, like, no, he knows the world. He's of this world. And when he doesn't when just wear a vest just because he has nothing, he wants to show off his sweet abs, <laughs> sweet glistening abs, and the, and the hat Agrabah's son. And and I love it, Jasmine. When I love that, so one of the very first shots of the movie is him looking out the at his window at the palace, and then that transitions to a shot of inside the palace where Jasmine is kicking out a suitor, and then we see them together looking out Aladdin's window, looking at the palace, and it's about perspective. And it's about who you are and who you want to be and how you see the world. And I think that move that moment of the movie is legitimately beautiful. I, I, I absolutely love it. And th- their romance is great. I think like a criticism I've heard of this movie is, oh, well, Aladdin, he's a liar and he's a gaslighter, blah, blah, blah. But I think that Jasmine, he presents enough of himself as a lovable person and I'd, I'd like to hear your guys' opinion, especially yours, Courtney, as, as not a man. Yeah. I feel like, yes, he <laughs> lied, and that's not good. But I think he demonstrates enough of what kind of human he actually is that it's totally believable that she's in love with him. What well, do you guys think? I think that, like, I mean, the, with the whole thing of, like, people thinking that he's, like, a lot li- or saying that he's a liar and all that stuff, I, I don't know. I think that you have to take a second and look at the reason why he chose the wishes that he chose yes you know what i mean like he did that because she made an impression it's a love story (laughs) that's what it is like it's it's he she made that impression and like he was like he looked at himself in the mirror and (laughs) a very classic thing for me to say is i'm not enough i'm not like he immediately thinks that he's not enough for that person so then what do you naturally do when you think oh well let me change myself to try to be Absolutely. just maybe I'm not going to hit the mark, but let me be as close as I can to enough. And then he ended up getting a magic genie and went above and beyond to the point where it right. kind of went to his head a little bit, but it always came back to exactly where it needed to be, you know? Absolutely. And she would have well, accepted him from the get go anyway, which. hundred yeah. percent. That's, that's where I, that's where I think that counter argument breaks down. I totally agree. I, I want to talk about speaking of getting that lamp. Cave of Wonders. This is one of the best parts of the movie. The animation so is incredible. I the know. backgrounds are so good. The way they sparkle, like the, the, the there's like mountains of gold and these like scary steps that seem to just descend into hell. Mm-hmm. And the way that like the stalactites and the stalagmites look like fangs. It's incredible. I absolutely love the design, the execution of it. The fact that it's in like a tiger's mouth is so cool. I love everything about the Cave of Wonders. And 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 the escape, all of it. Just such a great... I, honestly, I wouldn't be mad if they would have spent a little bit more time down there. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. I completely there's like agree. so it's many different... Cool. There's just so many different areas that you could have like gone with it. Like, does Magic Carpet have friends? Is he the only one? 
Dude, what if yeah. all of Magic Carpet's friends like just burnt up because of the cave of wonders going back in? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, trash! I'm so sorry. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Flying Carpet. I'm uh, sorry, Mr. Aladdin, sir. Yeah. Okay, before I, I we... I absolutely like, love that. Yes. No, no, no. I was no. going to say, before we go any further, I want to just rewind back to uh, Never Have a Friend Like Me. Can you imagine a four-year-old watching this movie and what would you think a four-year-old's favorite part in this entire song of a friend like me would be well my favorite part that maybe has always been my favorite part is when the genie's mouth opens up and it turns into a red carpet and he walks down his own tongue oh, in, in like a, a white tuxedo and then dances with his hands which have like face puppets drawn on them that, yeah no, as that's that's it's basically what I was gonna get to. Yeah, because <laughs> because as a kid, like you don't like as a kid, you like you know the beat of a song, but you don't know, you know and you know saying. the tune of it, but you don't know the words. So that part's like perfect for a kid because wah, it's wah, legit. No, no, and I've never almost been grounded more than after I watched that movie <laughs> seven times and my and just whipped at my mom with hands like wah, wah, wah. I thought I was gonna get hit <laughs> so many times. <laughs> yeah. Like like a, a four year old's not gonna be like, well Bapa had them forty fuse hair without having exactly. like so many consonants. I love that. Well and then like okay, so then they, they leave the Cave of Wonders and then we get Prince Ali, which is such an amazing number. Absolute showstopper. You know, I, I, I love all of it. My favorite part of it probably, though, is the way that the genie throughout the song is doing everything he can to hype up Aladdin. It tells us a lot about their friendship because Aladdin's already made his wish and genie's already made it come true. He wished to be a prince. He didn't wish for genie to make him stronger so he can lift a bunch of guys off of him. He didn't ask the genie to, like, go up to a bunch of kids and, like, make them excited you know i love that about their relationship and like i love i laugh so hard when he genie becomes the parade commentators and, and like yes oh my gosh yes the floats and stuff i think it's i, I think it's distractingly genius. funny i think it's genius. no it's i think it's, it's hilarious that yeah. they're wearing coats like that's the what sticks out the most <laughs> like it's the the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think my, my favorite line of the whole song is uh when it comes to exotic type mammals, has he got a zoo? I'm telling you, it's a world class menagerie. That's so perfect. Yeah, but when uh, I was a also, kid, I, I had no I idea what that meant. But now that I'm an adult, well, I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> like, it's poetry. It's straight up poetry. It also, in, in, in the choir, I couldn't help but recall uh, Joe Exotic there. Uh, Joe Exotic <laughs> also has, uh, has he got a zoo? I'm telling you, it's a world-class menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carol Baskin killed her husband. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> uh, Jafar killed Carol Baskin's husband. <laughs> but yeah, and then I... I, I love that it ends with Jafar slamming the door shut. I don't know what like do you guys have any other parts of that song that jump out at you? Right when they're getting that, inside like, the, the whole... castle and the uh and the guards like see everything and they're like that they got the monkeys. They got the monkeys. Like they, they got the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They give they no can't fucks about it. another prince. Yeah. They're like, they got monkeys this time. Yeah. <laughs> I think the whole thing about turning a boo into that elephant and it's great. His like the way like the facial expressions of Abu as an elephant, like yeah. I don't like that really resonated with me. And I just I love I well I love the whole sequence of turning him into all those different animals. When he becomes a car, 
I know it's gonna happen. I laugh every time. I like, I, and I laugh. Like, I do my like, <laughs> like, like my gross mutant laugh. Like, it, it, every time he becomes a car, <laughs> I just oh. If he it's, had shown up I, in a I car, love, they wouldn't have hung him for sorcery. Doesn't he have? Doesn't he have his vest and his hat on when he's a? Yeah, and it's kind of when he's a car, it's sort of on him too. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. That's I don't know what fabric that vest and that shawl are made of, but I like him. Um, yeah. So speaking of songs, I mean, we got to talk about the Oscar-winning song, "A Whole New World." Mm -hmm. So you know, I I think that the cutest scene of the whole movie is leading up to this scene where you've got the genie in in Aladdin's ear, trying to like feed him the right lines. And he's like, you're so beautiful and cool. And, and then Genie says punctual. And he says punctual. <laughs> and that like this is the first time I learned that word. And that moment's so iconic. And then just, I think it's beautiful that when he says, do you trust me? It's a callback to when they're running away. And Jasmine looks him in his eyes and knows who he is. And, uh, and, she, and yet she, she loves him so much that she allows him I think in a really beautiful, gracious moment, you know, sometimes love is biting your tongue and not saying the obvious thing and, mm -hmm. and letting your partner have a moment. And so like, if you think about it, a whole new world, which is this incredible love song. It's this beautiful, one of the greatest, like everyone love knows scenes it. in the history of yeah. cinema. And it really only happens because Jasmine bites her tongue and allows herself to, to give in and, and want to be with him. And it's, I think it's like I, beautiful. Like, and what a to, sacrifice on your part. No, I have to say this before Lynn or you says it because this is something that I have felt very, very, extremely strongly about my entire. Well, I was born ninety three. The movie was a year before me, so I can say my entire life I felt this way. Do I it. thought that clouds, you could just scoop them up in your hand and hold them like yeah. cotton candy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's thought that at just any I given point in their life. I was completely shook when I was on an airplane the first time that we weren't just yeah. like slicing through them. Yeah. Yeah, because they make it like spiral up like on an ice cream cone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just say, okay, so what, what I really love about A Whole New World, I mean, obviously the song is perfect, but I love that it's shot so like pristine and beautiful. Well, I guess, you know, not shot, but animated. So, and just romantic, the whole first verse and chorus. And then the second verse, we start to get comedy beats where like they fly through the flock of birds and, and the, the bird flight freaks off. out. And, nose falls yeah. off. <laughs> and I love that, that, that like the first, the first, we get a whole like minute and a half of the song. that's just beautiful and sacred. And then we get a fun, playful part of it. And then my favorite part, I, I you know, I'm a musician and I, I did a lot of choir in, in high school and a little bit college when they harmonize on, I'll chase them anywhere. There's mm -hmm. time to spare. Let me share this whole new world with you. The intervals, like the counterpoint arrangement of that harmony is absolutely 10 out of 10 pristine. It's beautiful. It gives me goosebumps. I have goosebumps Like grab my wife and kiss her. Like, <laughs> like it's just, it's so beautiful and romantic. And I, I'll use the word perfect. I, I will, I, it is literally perfect. I, I love, I love a whole new world. I, I feel goofy as a 31 year old saying that but i love it and i get feels every time and it's beautiful and amazing i'm so glad it's in this movie <laughs> yeah no it's like it you've said it best when you said it's a perfect moment of like going yeah. to and they show every place that you would want to go on a honeymoon 
like every right. single one of them. Like I like they so, would if Paris was built, they would have gone to Paris. Oh, hundred percent. Right. They just yeah, they don't go a place a couple places that aren't built yet. I do. This is a dumb thing, but my head cannon as a child that I have hung on to my whole life is at the end when they're watching the fireworks in presumably China. In my head cannon. That's the celebration at the end of Mulan, which, like, oh, dude, oh, I goodness. thought there were so many references to different. I thought when they were in Greece, that was them, like, uh, poking at Hercules. Like, I yeah. thought that was, like, a tag. It's funny, because those movies haven't come out yet. But I know, I got so But they do that. I was they, mad. Disney does that all the oh, time, though, with movies well, like, that aren't. Uh, the, the ship from The Little Mermaid that sunk is Anna and Elsa's parents' Ooh, ship. I don't believe that one. It. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, no, I don't no, no. go with that one. I've confirmed, heard that. Confirmed. Confirmed. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I don't think that they showed up on Tarzan's island or wherever he was. I don't think that's oh, there at all. No, I, yeah, I think you're right. Because I don't think the time of that makes sense. Right. Yeah, nothing adds guys, up with that. Before we go into, like, the ending portion of the movie, do you guys have any other earlier parts that you want to talk about that you feel like we missed? I like that. I, you already touched on Ben, but when he's, when Jeannie's whispering into Aladdin's ear, my favorite part is just Mayday, Mayday, and his Mayday. <laughs> yes, I love it. So the ending of this movie is awesome because it really becomes very magical, and it's not afraid to get dark. And I think like legitimately scary. I this movie was rated G, but it would have been it would have been rated PG if it had come out today, partially because of the scary ending and the un you know as we already touched on the palpable sexual chemistry. One of my favorite parts is when Jafar does a reprise of Prince Ali. And it's like, Prince Ali turns out to be merely Aladdin. And I'm shocked that this doesn't happen more often in these movies. Like, it's so interesting that, like, Ursula doesn't ever call back to part of your world. Or that, like, Scar doesn't call back to, I just can't wait to be king. Like, when I, that moment is so good that it's kind of weird to me that Disney didn't steal that move from themselves more than they did. It's such a good move. And then, like, you know, he's he's wished to become the greatest sorcerer in the world. And he, he puts Aladdin and Abu in the, in the carpet in a tower. And then he blasts it with his staff like he's playing golf. And, it, like, the way the magic in this third act works just blows me away. I love it. When he puts it in the hourglass, like, ugh, he's... That is such, like, a good... I remember, like, seeing that when I was a kid and being like, Harry. dude... And the sand starts coming. Like, that's like a... That's like saw. Like, like, yeah. like yeah. right. Like, the entire like artwork and tone for like the back third of this movie just changes incredibly. Mm -hmm. And what I like, yeah, what I like about this, unlike a lot of other Disney movies, and I've been, I obviously I have Disney Plus, and I've just been watching them in the background while I'm doing work, like literally all day. Yeah. So I've just been doing research. Is that every Disney villain has like their song? And I feel like they wanted Jafar to be a more serious villain and actually be, like, m much darker than, like, any of the others. Cause, and this is his, yes. like, one, like, song-ish. Yeah. It's more of, like, a so reprieve. I, I was actually in a, in a musical production of Aladdin. What role do you guys think I played? Uh, I would hope either the genie or Aladdin, but I'm pretty sure you were Jafar. Oh, I was going to say maybe the Sultan. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was weird. It was there. It was a there were two casts because it was part of a rep production. Mm -hmm. In the A cast, I was Aladdin, and in the B cast, I was Jafar, which is oh. kind of interesting because I put the hero and the villain. <laughs> Didn't mean anything uh, mean. I just love you so much, and you're just so no, bubbly. I, I love you. I'd love, I would love to be the Sultan. I would love to be. 
And back then I was too thin. These days I could pull it off. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I think that, uh, yeah. So like what's interesting is there's a song called why me that is a, a song that was actually written for the movie and cut. And it is a Jafar solo with a, like a little bit of Iago piping in. And I got to tell you, it's a good song, but it kills the pacing. And one of my favorite things about this movie is the pacing is absolutely lightning oh, speed. Yeah. This movie is a good length, but it feels like it's like 40 minutes long because it just flies by. And I'm yeah. with you, Lynn. I love that they decided to not have Jafar have a full song. I love the, the showdown between them. I love how Genie is unfortunately tied to Jafar, but is still trying to encourage Al. Like He's like, Jafar, Jafar, he's our man. If he can't do it, great! <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, I, this is unfortunately the perviest episode ever, and I'm so sorry. When, oh my when God, Jafar I'm so, I, has, I'm so when happy he you're has about this. Jasmine in what is clearly a reference to Return of the Jedi, <laughs> a like metal bikini with chains. I that moment, my dumb brain formed a really specific weird fetish because it was like, <laughs> wait, this is like Star Wars. And it's like, I want to deprogram myself. I hate it. But I will say what both moments have in common is a very strong woman who overcomes that situation Mm -hmm. and strangles the guy to death. So I think in my fantasy, I think in my fantasy, I'm always Han or Aladdin and not Jabba or Jafar. Uh, I have like a very, very strong opinion about like Please. how like they have her dressed in the way that she like carries herself through that. Yeah. And I don't know if this is like anti what people want to hear, but I love that like at that Do point it. where she like she uses her sexuality. <laughs> she weaponizes it. Yes. It's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's- Reminds me of Giselle. And do you guys watch the Fast and the Furious movies? No. Uh, right. <laughs> There's a weird reference. But- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Giselle basically they have to get this guy's handprint. And she, like, convinces this guy to, like, cop a feel on her. and But, like, they're able to, like, track his handprint so they can, like, break into a safe. And it's, like, it's, she, like, weaponizes her sexuality. And mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. And, like, I'm a man. And that's I know my so opinion. over the top. So I'm with you. I love it. But, like, but to me, weak. it's a really. So, right. Exactly. So I, I, into I, it. <laughs> exactly. So, like, I love that moment. I, I love that moment so much. And it's, it feels very grown up. I think that this movie feels a little more grown up than some of the other Aladdin movies. Aladdin movies. The other Disney movies. Well, actually, it's. Have you ever seen the other two? Or the Virginia the Jafar second one's and, like pretty heavy in my I eyes. It's dark. And, and what's weird is, uh, we'll get to this, but uh, Robin Williams isn't the genie. They got Dan Castellaneta, aka Homer Simpson, to what? voice the genie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Robin comes back for the third one. So I'll just wrap this up on just saying that I think Aladdin wishing to free genie is this this is a cheesy dramatic word i think it's beautiful and i I tear up i tear up i don't cry and and this people who listen to this podcast already know i'm not afraid to admit when i cry i tear Mm. up every time that he that he frees genie it's it's so beautiful it's such an incredible sacrifice at this moment aladdin still doesn't know if he's going to end up with with jasmine and it's beautiful and then robin williams acting is like I'm, I know that no voice actor has ever been nominated for an Oscar. He should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I have this whole rant about the Oscars that year. So, so look at, listen to this category. Listen to this category. 
You've got Gene Hackman for Unforgiven. Great, great. I'll, I'll give you that. You've got Jay Davidson for The Crying Game. Fine. Jack Nicholson, A Few Good Men. Great nomination. Al Pacino, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Ross. Good. David Paymer, Mr. Saturday Night. That category has not aged well because Robin Williams as the genie should have been the first ever voice performance nominated in that category. I, I, I just stand by it. I, 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 I don't know. I, I sound like a lunatic. And I also think Aladdin should have been nominated for Best Picture because the year before, this is before there was a Best Animated Picture category. The year before, oh. Beauty and the Beast was nominated. And what? this year, Unforgiven wins Best Picture, which I'll give you. Unforgiven rules. But here are the other movies. Crying Game, eh. A Few Good Men, great. Howard's End, come on. Sin of a Woman, fine. Aladdin <laughs> should have been nominated for Best Picture. Because that was when they only had the limit on five, right? Yes, that, but that should have been it should have been one of the five. And so then I don't know. I just love this moment. You, he he frees Genie, and then I, I love so much. It's it's one of my favorite. I know best quotes is later, but this is a this is also a moment when he says, "Quick, wish for something outrageous. Uh, uh, say I want the Nile. Wish for the Nile." And Aladdin says, "I wish for the Nile. No way." <laughs> 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 Freaks out and he spazzes and it is pure bipolar cocaine, Robin Williams. And then he comes back down and in the most sincere acting, on par with Goodwill Hunting, he says, no matter what anybody ever says, you'll always be a prince to me. And that moment hits me in my stomach. I just think it's beautiful and it could be a really cheesy, saccharine moment. And I think Robin Williams, the fact that he is Robin Williams and his comedy it takes the edge off and it's earned and i love it that the ending in this movie leaves me feeling so good like like i like when it finished i was like i want to build a birdhouse like like it was just like, <laughs> I, 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 like I don't know i love it like do you guys like the ending what do you what are your favorite parts of the ending i think so, it's so great uh, because oh sorry you can go first lynn i was just gonna say i agree with the ending there was i'm sorry i'm gonna backtrack one quick second i wrote this down when we were talking about jasmine using her sexuality to like seduce jafar i had to put the close the like sub the like closed captioning on it because they were like have do you know what like some of the lines that she says to him are i mean there are a couple that are pretty charged i I love that he said she said i love that your beard is so twisted <laughs> it's like my, weird it's like fate, the disgusting my, things about him yeah. dude my favorite one and i i had to like i was sierra and i were watching it my girlfriend and we heard it and she looked at me and she was like did she did she say that i rewound it and we put the subtitles on it just to like watch it and she looks at him and says i love the cute little gaps between your teeth and i just couldn't. it's so creepy and just cringeworthy it just made me laugh so much but i love it but i love that she knows that those are the buttons to push you know, like, yeah like she's so smart she's so smart like oh i love her according to the, the ending or, or yeah either oh. the endings the ending's perfect the ending it made me like tear up as well uh just because it to me robin williams is like i associate him with my dad so much because both of them are to me very very goofy and i get a lot of the inspiration for my comedy from them so like every time at the end of aladdin when he says you'll always be a prince to me i associate that with my dad who's super supportive of like everything like i'll have like beautiful that's beautiful yeah, and, and it's just like, it just hits me in the gut every time. Courtney, thoughts well, on the ending? 
I think it's so great because like when you know like how you said earlier about how the genie is like Aladdin's like hype man and like mm. he says like I'm gonna offer you and then like all the hubbub happens or whatever everything goes to his head but like in the end like he, he kept his promise and like it's just kind of like showing that he's like a good you know he's a genuinely like I don't know good friend to him and you can see how much the genie like super appreciates and like knows well, that he's got a good friend yeah. there. Without being too That's on the nose, point. like I think I think a really beautiful I, I think this is subtle. Maybe it's not subtle. Friend like me is such a bombastic number that it's hard to take it sincerely. But in the end, it's true. Aladdin never had a friend like him. And vice versa. Even in Abu. Abu, who has been, always been by his side, Genie and Aladdin have a completely different kind of friendship, and it's it's beautiful. I like like I I feel so cheesy saying it, but that's part of like society has put this stigma on on animated film. If this were a live action film directed by Steven Spielberg, and I was saying this, people would be like, "Yeah, it is beautiful." And, but like that's part of this podcast is I want I want to defend these movies as like legitimately perfect pieces of art, and I I just I don't know I like I'm totally with you. The friendship between them is it's awesome it's like an all-time movie bromance like like it really is it's teaching kids like how you should treat other people too yes yeah (laughs) you know like you should keep your promises and all that stuff and like treat other people like (laughs) the way you want to be treated (laughs) yeah beanie is the checkout clerk at target being nice to the checkout clerk at target Mm -hmm. the checkout clerk at target is a human with a soul be nice to that person like Yeah. yeah Totally and are they also of itty bitty living space? <laughs> By the All way, right, I, so. I was just gonna say I use so many genie quotes in my like day to day life that like oh, yeah. if Sierra and I are in like a fight or something, I'll like it's like I can't believe you. I'll be like, "Did you rub my lamp? Did you wake me up? Did you bring me here? <laughs> you bring me here? So good." Just, all right, so we talked about we talked about all the awesome stuff. Let's move on to the zippity doodah moments. It happened on one of them zippity doodah days. So these are the moments that have not held up. Uh, or maybe they're problematic. Maybe time just hasn't been kind to them. I'll start that like right off the top, we do get a Robin Williams. It's not brown face because it's not live action, but a, a voice that with time, I think, has not aged super well. Uh, and then also in that initial, um, the initial song of uh, Arabian Nights, oh, okay. there's the line, it's barbaric, but hey, it's home. Mm, Not exactly yeah, I didn't think about that. Either. I, I, I think that like, neither one of those are like, I don't think they're, I don't think either one is hateful, but neither one is great. Especially considering that this movie is like mostly white people telling a story about non-white people. And uh, like, I don't want to get super social justice warrior-y, but that, to be honest, that doesn't hold up super well. But that's like at the very beginning, and then I think it kind of gets better from there. Any any zippity doodle about the CGI? Zippity doodle, zippity day. You can tell the difference between the hand-drawn and CGI. Oh, and it's so bad. It's so distracting now. Like, I mean, it wasn't distracting when I was, like, younger. But it is so distracting now that, yeah. like, yeah. it, and it's the same. And, like, don't, don't they have them in Beauty and the Beast, too? Beauty and the yeah. Beast, if I remember correctly, is the first one that implements it. Yeah. So, like, very famously, the ballroom scene, Belle and Beast are animated, but almost everything else is CGI. Well, then there's the and, old man, is 
Well, the organ is in the sequel, the yeah. Bell's Enchanted Christmas. Oh, God. That's I have a problem. Too. <laughs> <laughs> All of my Disney knowledge happened before I had two daughters. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> I had all That's this impressive. before that. Yeah. Uh, it's a problem. Any other uh, Zippity Doo Dab moments? I think some of Robin's references, like, in it are a little outdated. But, like, outdated. that's just because of yeah. the time period um and that's that's always gonna happen if, i mean you, know, you go back and watch monty python you know like mm-hmm. i agree there, there's like well like he references arsenio hall the ooh, 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 and it's like not a bad <laughs> thing, but like if my when my daughter watches that she's not laughing because oh that's arsenio she's laughing because ooh, it's ooh, goofy ooh, ooh, ooh. It's funny. <laughs> exactly yeah, no, uh, I would do. I this might just be like a weird take, and I might be wrong on it. I hate, or not like hate. I think it's weird, like whenever it's only it's only the Sultan doing it, but like they'll reference Allah, like at any point. But instead, instead of God, it's Allah. And it's just like it just feels weird coming out of like like a white like a white guy's mouth coming out of like <laughs> a um Arabic body. I might be wrong on this one, but like no, no, I, yeah, there's a couple of characters who say it. Genie definitely has some passing references that are like that too. I, I, I'm with you. It doesn't. I, I would say like again. I don't think it's hateful. I think that the standards of what is okay to do uh, from 1992 to now have changed drastically. Yeah, it's it it doesn't age right. This is definitely the category for that. Greg, I I, I hear you big time. Yeah, because I know they can't I, say God, but like. Well, that's the thing. That's that's what's hard. Is like they are trying to represent the culture. But the better way to do it, and listen, I'm a hetero, cis, straight, white guy, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, the better way to represent the culture is actual representation, right? I mean, like, yeah. kind of end the discussion. So, all right, let's go on to Sadness's buzzkill question. Joy, you could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay, I'm positive you will get lost in there. So uh, this is, you know, what what sadness from Inside Out would mention if she was watching this movie. I want to talk about Jafar. Okay, he wants to be the Sultan and he wants the lamp, but also he's a magician slash maybe a sorcerer. Like when he wishes to become the most powerful sorcerer in the world, he's already a sorcerer, right? I mean, he's a shapeshifter. So I guess my gripe is pick a lane. Like, like, yeah. like, like I it's a little bit of a hat on a hat on a hat. And if, if, if there's one thing I can really nitpick at this movie, it's that Jafar's plan is very, like, comic booky. I'm going to take like, over the world. It, it like, just I'm going to get really... this, and I'm gonna, then I'm going to get yeah, this, and then I want all the things in the candy store. Like, <laughs> compared to, so like, like well, well, okay, let's compare it to some movies right before and after. Compared to Gaston, who is a very human, I want to wed Belle. I deserve her. I, I have, you know, I, I'm an incel and I, I, I deserve this. And then you've got later, you've got Scar, who like has this very smart, articulate Shakespearean plan. Gaffars doesn't hold up compared to those two. That's my only point. But any 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 nitpicks for you guys? Any any plot holes or so I've got like I this is like my specialty, man. I'm so like <laughs> devil's advocate just like well, that yeah. shouldn't happen okay so why you mean to tell me you mean to tell me that a stand-up comedian views things from an alternative perspective that's I wild will, i will throw myself <laughs> off my balcony right now i when they go into the cave of wonders and like a boot and like the cave of wonders is like touch nothing 
why doesn't like everything catch on fire when they immediately touch the carpet? Yes. The movie tries really hard to establish that the carpet doesn't count, but they don't actually establish that. Yeah. Like we kind of have to take a trust ball with them. And then the other big one to me is like Aladdin comes in as Prince Ali and does this whole thing and introduces himself to Jasmine and Jafar, even though Jasmine is very abrupt. Why do neither of them recognize him like immediately? Yep. Like one See, of them that was my same is one. like she's not an idiot. And like, neither yeah, he's, and he's not wearing he's not wearing like Groucho Marx glasses exactly. with a big mustache. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's super fair. I, I got a nitpick on a genie listing the rules, which is a great moment. How is there not rule number four? You can't wish for more wishes. That, that's like, well, he said that at the beginning. Like he said, Ixnay on the note on the more wishes thing. You get oh, three. Okay. You're right. All right. All right. Ixnay. <laughs> you're right. Okay. So it's not even a rule. Okay. Say, uh, Nitpick redacted. I will unpick that nit. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, this one kind of, okay. Like, I know this is what you have to do with movies, but the Sultan could have just listened to his daughter and changed the law the whole time. That was like, yeah, that's like that the was, most we were, we brought that, that up earlier. <laughs> that, that, one, that one hurts. Like, that he could just, he could have just undone it. That, that one, you, you really just have to plug your ears and go, blah, 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 blah. That, that one's not awesome. Any other buzzkill questions? I feel like I had so many more oh, just because I'm skipping. Yeah, I'm you good. Already ruined, you already ruined this movie. I loved it before, and now I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the Mr. Potato Head Award. Hey, Ham, look, I'm Picasso. Yeah, I don't get it. You uncultured swine. What are you looking at, Doc? This goes to the character who does the most with the least screen time and or lines. I'm going to go with Abu. I think he is, you know, he's a major character, so maybe he teeters on having a little too much screen time for this, but he's perfect. When he acts like the Sultan, when Jasmine's like, oh, yes, Mr. Sultan, and he's like, and like, like we were talking about an elephant, and the moment early on when he doesn't want to share his bread with the kids, and then he does, I love Abu. I, Abu is... Just as Genie is, like, really high-tier, just, like, comedic relief character in Disney movie, Abu has to be way, way up there as one of the best animal sidekicks. I'm like, I'm sorry, Flounder is dead to me. Give me Abu any day of the week. Yeah, no, I hold Abu as, like, the standard for animal sidekicks that can't talk. With lemon pepper sauce, you know? Like, give me Abu. I love the fact that he's... That Aladdin dresses him the same as him. I'm yes, very yeah. behind that. Oh, your friendship. I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, so Abu is my nomination. How about you guys? Mine is gonna one surprise, surprise. It's the Sultan. I like, I seriously pick. think that he's okay. so underrated. Like his the scene where he's playing with all of his toys. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't. I love him oh, so much. And, and he's like he's stacking them up, and then I that's right before those. that's right before the Prince Ali song where we see a bunch of animals stacked up on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So it's foreshadowing of why he would be so wowed by, that's, yeah. yeah. I love I, the soul. The thing is, like, I don't, I okay, he's definitely a ding-dong, but he's, like, <laughs> I think that he's kind of just, like, one of those, like, dad joke, ding-dong kind of a guy. And yeah. I, yeah. like, it's a thing is, like, what you said earlier, like, yeah, if he would have just listened to his daughter. Like, just, like, really listened to her. Like, I think he's a loving single dad who just wants to be the best but also has a lot of legos in the basement yep. <laughs> you know i i, totally I, agree. 
I love him so much in his like his costume, like his hat, and how I love rounded his it. Like his hat yeah. is equally as round as, as his belly. Just like, I know she had like BB-8. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I think I think Lynn, that he is so under underrated. Lynn, do you have another pick, or are you going to serve as the tiebreaker? No, I have. I'm very surprised that neither of you brought this one up. Uh, the magic carpet to me has no lines, has no lines whatsoever, and is probably the most expressive other being in this movie besides Robin Williams. The most because, expressive like, inanimate object. Ever. Yeah, and like, <laughs> oh, and he's so uh, iconic that Doctor Strange, when Doctor Strange comes out, his cape is clearly a reference to Aladdin's magic carpet. But right, like, have you seen Doctor Strange? Yes. No. Okay, but like his, he has a cape that is just clearly a reference to Aladdin's magic carpet. All right. So here's how we got to do this. Everybody votes for one of the other people's picks. Okay. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm voting magic carpet. Yeah, I think Lynn, Lynn wins on this one. Okay, and wins. I was, All right. I was gonna go with the boo. Congratulations, <laughs> Mister. Uh, Mister. Congratulations, magic carpet. You are Mister Potato Head. They worked right, so, so hard for this. Family award for best cameo. I'm gonna give it to. Still, I think he's rather tasty. My favorite <laughs> one and done line of the movie. Do you guys have any other nominations for best cameo? What is it? The the okay. So like, I think it's during Prince Ali, and there's all those girls up there singing off like a balcony or something, and they got the big boots. Yes. And the, yeah. Doesn't the genie show up there with them or something? Oh yeah, yeah. It's them. I just uh, love that part so much. <laughs> so when I brought it, when I brought this up earlier, I thought it was going to be like different characters. To me, I still love all the little Disney just references. Like at one point, like the genie, like when Aladdin's like, "I'll free you," he's like, "Uh huh, yeah, sure." And then he turns into Pinocchio and makes his nose yep. grow. And Aladdin is just supposed to know what that Pinocchio. means automatically. Yes, Pinocchio is a great cameo. That's a great reference. And, yep. And and then the only other one that makes me laugh so hard is at the end when Genie's leaving. He's got the Florida shirt on, golf clubs on the back. He's got a goofy hat goofy on. Hat. Yep. He's go. He can travel the entire world, and his first stop is to go to Disneyland. So your your nomination for best cameo is Disney propaganda. Yeah. Yes. There's also yeah. Sebastian at one point when he's talking about yeah. seafood. All right. I think Lynn officially wins this one as well. Yeah. Disney propaganda is the best cameo in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the best in every coolest... Disney movie is Disney right. propaganda. Oh, that's true. Right. Yeah. The Boba Fett award for coolest toy that could be made for this movie. I think if you could build a playset of the the Cave of Wonders. Hear me out. It has to be shaped sort of like the number seven. And you have to like set it up next to like a shelf or a table. And the ca- the cat's mouth sits on top of the table. And then your action figures come in and then like go down into the cave. I feel like if I had something like that when I was six years old, I would have had all of my like, like Luke Skywalker and Michelangelo and Aladdin would have gone on an adventure to get the lamp inside. Does that make sense? Can you picture what yeah, I'm talking about? That makes sense. So like I'm saying like like about three and a half, four feet tall, it goes over the edge of some surface. So the cave actually looks like a cave from the front. And then there's some kind of like, I don't know, some kind of like like pole or something that the action figures can go down 
like the elevator in Barbie's dream house, kind of, <laughs> and then the lamps at the bottom. I think that'd be a really cool toy. How about you guys? Well, I had a similar one, but it was like Aladdin doing parkour all over. What it, parkour Aladdin. Yeah, parkour Aladdin. I'm about, yeah. Yeah, Mom, that'd be cool. I want like parkour that. Aladdin. <laughs> so mine wouldn't, at the time, it would not be possible. But where we are now with technology, I think it's a lot more possible to have a hoverboard like a magic carpet. Oh. I, I think, yeah. like, back in the 90s, obviously, you don't have the technology to do that. Or or do you? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, conspiracies. Uh, but <laughs> now you probably have not only the you could design it like a magic carpet, but the technology to do not high, but maybe two to three feet off the ground and yep. still like yep. surf it. Magic carpet's a great answer and a great transition into the next category. If you were hired by the Imagineers to design a theme park attraction based on this movie, what would it be and which Disney park would it be in? Something I've wanted to say my whole life. I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> Can I go with you? Yeah, you I have escape from the cave of wonders it's gotta be this roller coaster and it's gotta be like one of those inverted coasters where you lay down on your chest and everybody has like a carpet they're laying on and don't they have you you yeah is that a right at I, i thought they had like i thought and i don't know but i've literally never been to any disney theme park but i thought i saw like a documentary where they had a magic well it was a magic carpet ride as one and it was like one of the first um of its technology that they made like oh are you thinking about dude are you thinking about disney quest because disney quest had a vr magic carpet ride wait are you thinking about that that maybe i don't know like i said i've never been to disney because i went to disney quest the disney quest was amazing rest in power Uh, but so like my idea is like you're escaping there's pyrotechnics like when the lava goes off there's actual like fire so you feel really hot and mm. yeah, so just, just escape from the Cave of Wonders is is my concept. Well, how about you guys? Mine is also Cave of Wonders, but I think yes. I think mine is really good. And I when I thought of this, I was like laying in bed and I just like started laughing like crazy. I thought I, thought I was going to boyfriend. It was so funny. So what you do is it's the Cave of Wonders, right? And it's all you got to do. It's easy. <laughs> all you got to do is walk through it with like kids. You have kids walk through it. And you just tell them, don't touch anything. (laughs) (laughs) And you try to see if they can make it from A to B without touching anything. And you call it Cave of Wonders, but maybe there's not, there's like a bunch of stuff that kids want (laughs) in there too. Oh man. Like it's just ice cream instead of gold. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. So my ride. I, I had to think about this and how it would be done, but I I almost went the same route as Magic Carpet Ride, but then I thought that would be too easy. So I think what you would do is have maybe a version of the Cave of Wonders where they do go into it. You don't necessarily need to touch anything, but they get stuck, and then they find the genie's lamp, and it becomes their own adventure. Like, it's a VR. Oh. It allows them to wish for whatever they want. They... Oh, they might so they might even they might even have to wish themselves out of the cave if they don't answer if they don't convince genie to get them <laughs> like a, out themselves convincingly enough yeah i like I would, it i would go to that all right so if this were uh, adapted into a live action film oh, oh wait wow. it was, Boo, was uh, so bad. this one unfortunately becomes what would you have changed about the live action film so like okay i know you're not ever gonna get robin williams 
as the genie again. Like you're not ever going to find someone who can do that. So I think the problem is Will Smith is trying too hard to be Robin Williams. And I think like the centerpiece of making that movie better is you have to zig where Robin Williams zagged. So my pitch is you get someone who is either really like bitter, but still funny, like Mark Maron to play the genie. And <laughs> you know, like, like the genie is kind of annoyed by Aladdin, but is slowly but surely like on his side. Or you have to pick someone who's silly in a different way than Robin Williams, like Pete Holmes, who's just like a goofball and likes cheesy puns and laughs at his own jokes. But like, I think you still have to pick a comedian. I think you still have to pick a funny person. Okay, so uh, kind of weird category, but just if this show or if this movie were spun off into a Disney Plus series, what would be one that you'd like to see? Um, I'll start with, I think it might be interesting to do a, a series of shorts that's people who came into the Cave of Wonders and failed for various reasons. Like, it's always like a minute and a half long, but it's like uh, somebody comes in, they, they they think they're worthy, and then the reason why they ultimately succumbed to the temptation of the cave. And, and yeah, no, I think that might be interesting. Oh, kind of so like Forky asked the question, but like more dramatic. Uh, mine is same idea, but with suitors that Jasmine didn't like. Oh, <laughs> I think yeah, that would that, be like that's, the perfect kid show. Yeah, now I it's like I, a take on the Bachelor. It's 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 like a an animated deconstruction of the Bachelor. I yes, Courtney, that's it. No, oh, thank that's you, thank absolutely you. it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was gonna. Give Wait, do you one. have one? Because yeah. I was gonna say you could only do this if Robin Williams was still around. Rest in peace. But. Uh, follow the genie around like in his freedom before he comes back to Aladdin and just sure. see where he goes. What is his vacation like? Yeah, yeah that'd, what, be good. that'd be good. But it's got, it's Courtney's. It's oh, Courtney's, absolutely. All I right. did it. Uh, chance to remix, recast, casting what ifs, etc. Patrick Stewart was almost Jafar. The only reason he wasn't is because he had conflicts with Star Trek The Next Generation and he considers it the biggest regret of his entire acting career. Can you imagine this already perfect movie, but Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, is <laughs> the far? That would have been what? that would have been a pretty good one. It's amazing. Oh, Lynn says no. I Lynn says no. I would say he's too British for this. The reason I say okay. that is because I I love Patrick Stewart. I truly do. I think he's I think he's wonderful in everything. He's the perfect Professor X, and I think do you do either of you watch American Dad? Yes. Dad. Oh yeah, yeah. He's great on American Dad. He is. Yeah. He's perfect as uh, the head director, and he's just so funny. But his voice is just so distinct and so like you know that's Patrick Stewart, and this movie already has like that with Robin Williams and mm -hmm. Jafar is very sleeking in the shadows of like, Oh, Interesting. I, I don't want to be seen, but I'm going to be seen. I'm manipulating and to have him be like, Oh yes. Hello. Come on in. <laughs> like, 
just very just oh that's the worst Patrick Stewart okay. you're ever going to hear. But uh, that's I hear, just a I hear hard your no. point. But see, I, I'd be curious to at least hear him out. But I don't really have anything else I would change or remix or about this movie. Do you guys? I mean, I think it's perfect. I mean, can you picture a casting choice that would be better? I, yes, I just can't. Sh- Nick Jonas should be in everything, and I fully stand by that. <laughs> so no, yes, I mean, Nick Jonas is Nick Jonas wasn't born yet. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, put him in there. So. Okay. <laughs> so with it, I took this as like pick like I imagine if they had done like if this if there wasn't already a live action movie, do a live action movie. I took it as that and I tried to think of like people that would fit their main roles. Cause I I didn't like the new Jafar in the am in the live action one. I know we're talking about the anime one, but for Jafar, if they were doing a live action one, I would do I'm gonna mix his name up. Irfan Khan. Who? I he, yes. I I knew I was gonna get that. Uh the only thing God. I could the only thing I could think of that you would have seen him in is he's in Jurassic World, the not the sequel, but the newer one, like the first of the new ones. Yes. And he's like the new guy that buys the island. He's the oh, uh, okay. yeah. Arabic man that buys that. I think he'd be a good him. Jafar. Um, nice. yeah, he I, would, wouldn't he? Yeah, I because he's menacing and just very sleek. I think Dave Patel would be the perfect Aladdin. I think he's a little bit old oh, right now, but yeah. like if they were, if like Slum, if that had been his first movie instead of Slumdog, it would have been perfect. Uh, and sure. then my hot take is, uh, I ben, no Ben. I know earlier you were like pick like a grumpy but like lovable genie. I think the only other person that could do a good not impersonation of robin but a like justice would be jim carrey mm. i could see jim carrey i could I, you know as you're saying that I, I think Pat oswald could in a weird way too yeah, uh, yeah it'd Pat. be a different it'd be a totally different take the energy would be different but yeah no, i hear it all right let's move on to best quotes uh we've said a lot of them but some quotes that i had that we haven't gotten to yet do you trust me yes i can like picture the way jason says yes every time and then then jump like I, that moment's so great as uh as aladdin and jasmine are, are fleeing from the guards i, I love genies when he, one of his first lines when he comes out is ten thousand years, years will give you so good and then genie i mean there's so many good ones in that scene they're like rule number one i can't kill anybody rule number two i can't make anybody fall in love with anybody else rule number three I can't bring anybody back from the dead. It's not pretty picture. I don't like doing it. So don't ask. I just, I love that. Everything about the delivery of that and the animation. I love jazz. I am not a prize to be won. It's so on the nose, but it's necessary because of the nature of these movies. I love, I love Jafar's. I think it's time to say goodbye to Prince Abubu. That's so good. (laughs) And a lot of these quotes, I can hear them in my head as they're, and then like I love the the line in the callback of uh, phenomenal cosmic powers. <laughs> I think I think Len already mentioned that, and then yeah. I, the last one I have is ten thousand years in the cave wonders ought to chill him out. <laughs> I love that. Are there any quotes that you guys have that we that we missed? Yeah, I really like Jasmine says something like sometimes we only see how different people are from us, but if we look hard enough yeah. you can see how we're alike. It's something like that. Really I great just, sentiment. Yeah. I loved that so much. And then of yeah. course the Prince Abubu, the way he, I can see his lips right now. Time to say goodbye to Prince Abubu. Yeah, (laughs) so good. Lan, any quotes that we missed? I know that you basically speak in genie quotes. Yeah, uh, any 
any genie quote like of uh, like i'm even like the one that's even sticking out to me right now he is when genie and aladdin are talking he's like genie i don't know what to do and genie like pops up with like a chalkboard he's like tell her the <laughs> truth <laughs> yeah and he's like so no good. Way. and yep. they're just like absolutely I'm, I'm trying to there's just so many like quotables of just everything in this uh yo rug man haven't seen you in a few millennium show me some yeah, give me some tat i will use that to transition into some some trivia as we wrap up there are supposedly 16 hours of recorded improvised material from robin williams and there was so much improv that this caused the script to be rejected by the Academy to be nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. And many people thought it would have won if it had been nominated. And so it's crazy because it's like Robin Williams brings so much to this movie and makes it so good. But the Academy ultimately decided that because the screenplay had changed so much because of all the salt and pepper he added, it couldn't be nominated, which is Whoa. dumb. That's yeah, super right? dumb. One of so, the, oh, I was just, I was just going to say one of my favorite, like I did find like that clip I was talking about a little bit earlier, but one of the best outtakes that I don't know how it didn't get into the movie is when he's like the cheerleader genies and they're like, give me a B and like they're fighting and they all go, give me a B, give me a B, give me a B, give me a B, give me a B. What's that spell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Yeah, I can't believe they didn't make it. I, well, because I think the I think the raspberry sound is in there, but not the whole setup. That's crazy. Uh, Robin Williams, there was some controversy, so he decided to do it for SAG scale pay instead of his usual fee. So he got paid seventy five thousand instead of eight million. Jesus! And he had this condition that his name and image not be used for marketing. So he was like, "I'll do this." But I need it to be for like artistic purposes, not money. And he also said that he couldn't have 25% of space on advertising artwork featuring him, partially because he was working on this movie Toys, which is unfortunately just an absolute disaster if you ever look into the history of that film. And it was coming out one month after Aladdin. So financial reasons, the studio ends up basically backing out on both of these agreements, uses him and the genie and a ton of promotional material. And he was really, really upset. And he, that's why he's not in the sequel. That's why he's not in Return of Jafar. And then actually, uh, at, at a certain point in time, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg was replaced by Joe Roth uh, as Walt Disney Studios chairman. And Roth organized a public apology to Robin Williams that they had messed this up. And that's why Robin Williams does come back as the genie in the 1996 Aladdin and the King of Thieves. So in the third one, which is a directed VHS release, Robin Williams is the genie again. Because they, they kind of sorted their house out, got in order. So I just thought it was interesting trivia that, like, the guy who kind of makes the movie got kind of screwed. And I had never heard that story before. And I think that speaks to what a class act Robin Williams is. Yeah. That, that he didn't just drag yeah. him through the mud. Uh, I don't have any other major trivia surrounding the movie. It's it's a masterpiece. Any thoughts before we wrap? I'm so glad you guys came on the podcast. Seriously was awesome to talk about this movie with you guys and hear your voices and yeah. um I, I appreciate you all so much do, do you guys have anything that you want to plug any like any people can follow you on social media or anything like that i i mean you know courtney your music lynn your stand-up comedy anything like that um i just have the i mean you can just follow me i'm courtney and music on instagram and i'm on courtney and hall on facebook but um i'd also want to say just like thank you so much for asking and 
I miss you. I miss you so much. And I miss you too. Lynn. I miss you. I miss you, Lynn. I miss you, Ben. I can't wait for like all of this to be over so we can just hang out. Agreed. Again. <laughs> yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Kind of in the same boat as Courtney. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. It's Lynn, N-A-V-R-A-T-I-L, because uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because no one's going to spell it right. Um, <laughs> uh, follow all my other comedy friends, Colby Cusick and Brittany Tylander put on uh, Shut Up and Clap, like uh, virtual shows. They've been killing it. Right, they're uh, still streaming. Yes, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, uh, follow me on TikTok, I guess. I don't No, Don't follow yeah. me on TikTok. I, I guess. Dude, I follow don't know. him on TikTok. Okay, uh, I'll <laughs> well, make more videos. Um, Yeah, I love both of you guys. Courtney, you're a great friend. Ben, you've, uh, I can't say enough of how much of an inspiration you are for me, uh, just as a uh, performer and, and person. And I don't, we don't have enough time to go in how much I truly love you as a person. I love you, man. That's so great. I'm going to have you guys both on future episodes uh we kind of talked about it off mic we'll, we'll we'll figure out what but like you'll absolutely be on the show again i appreciate it so much this has been our discussion of aladdin courtney with your permission i'd like to send the episode out i'm gonna play uh i'll, I'll edit it in post but uh, a clip of uh of a bottom shelf or, or one of your songs to send oh. everybody out is that cool yeah go for it awesome so uh at, yeah so we're wrapping up here thank you so much uh, as, as always, you can uh, subscribe to my Patreon. I am currently unemployed, so I'll take money. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm in a punk band called The Way Way Back. You can follow us on Twitter, TWWB underscore band. I run that Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Courtney and, and Lynn, thank you so much for being on the show. And, yeah, and, enjoy a clip of one of Courtney's songs. Peace out.